Hi, this is Gary Washburn, pastor of Grace Tabernacle. Thank you for tuning to our podcast today. Our hope is that this message inspires you and builds your faith. For more information about Grace Tabernacle and our ministries, please go to gracetab.org and like us on Facebook. Now, may the message feed your soul. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Terry. Uh, You can blame me being here on Terry if you go far enough back. (laughs) Terry and Kathy. Well, it's an honor, honor to be here. And like Paula said, Beth and I are friends with Pastor Gary and Pam, and they contacted us uh, months ago. And we began to work with them and the leaders about a sabbatical and what that would look like. And we, we just want you to know that the leadership of this church is praying for you, cares about you, cares about Pastor Gary and Pam, and we're gonna see great things come from this sabbatical. Can I have a better amen? Amen. And I'm so excited because next week, uh, Pastor Paul's gonna be here. And then the weeks following, friends of ours from all over Georgia and Florida are gonna be here preaching the word. And they are outstanding communicators and moving signs and wonders. And so you wanna be here, amen? Amen. It's gonna be fantastic. And I was just thinking this, you know, if, if I was the person on the sabbatical, you know what would speak the most to me is if I came back and the church was healthier, and larger and growing and full of joy. Amen? Amen. And so what, what do we need to do to make that happen? Can I just commission you, you've already been commissioned, to be missionaries here in the villages, amen? That when you're playing pickleball or volleyball or golf or you're at Publix where shopping is a pleasure, come on y'all, <laughs> that you've got a good word in your mouth, don't you? the gospel of Jesus Christ, and that you're gonna be encouraging and positive, and you're gonna find a way to work the gospel into your communication and invite people to Grace Tabernacle, amen? Amen. And so I really expect when we come back in December for it to be standing room only, Amen? amen? Well, God bless you. I do wanna mention one resource real quickly before we jump into the word. Beth and I, how many of you know this? It's one thing to complain about a problem, it's another thing to do something about it. Now be honest, I'm not setting you up. How many of you are tired of the commercialization of Christmas and the holidays? And you're tired of it being just some kind of nostalgic, you know, chestnuts roasting over an open fire. First of all, you don't have any open fires in Florida, it's a burn ban. And so we became uh, really convinced last year at the end of Advent that we want to do something about it. And so we were praying and then this summer we put the pen to paper and we have published um, Advent devotional. What an Advent devotional is, is it turns your eyes towards the second coming of Christ by reflecting on his first coming. And maybe you've never done one before, but many, many people in the body of Christ do one of these every December. And so we published one because I didn't want to just talk about it, I wanted to be about it. And there are those of you in this room that you know the Holy Spirit's tapping you right now, not because I'm a great salesman, but because you're tired of it and you want to do something about it. And I really encourage you to pick up this devotional. It's called The Glory of Advent. We'll have those as as, as well as our other resources out on the table. We are going to receive communion at the end of my message. And so could you do our ushers a hand, uh, help? If you don't have elements right now and you'd like to receive them, just stick your hand up. They'll bring it to you. 
We're going to receive corporately at the end of my message, and you're going to see why in just one moment. This morning, we're talking about the subject of gratitude is a weapon. Gratitude is a weapon. Do you know that we of all people should be grateful and thankful? And I want to say this about gratitude. It's a very simple thing, but it's not an easy thing. How many know there's a large difference between simple and easy? Now, I have a friend, one of my friends, he's a bodybuilder, and this last month, he lifted 465 pounds bench press. It was very simple. I saw him do it. He took it like this, boom, boom. Everybody in the room can do that, right? Boom, boom. That's simple, but it's not easy. And see, a lot of us have a mental concept of gratitude, but we don't have the ability to be grateful. And I really believe this, that we're encouraged as believers to carry a thankfulness. You know, there are three holidays that Christians celebrate every day of the year, right? How many know for a believer, a follower of Jesus Christ, every day is Easter? For a follower of Jesus Christ, every day is Christmas. And for a follower of Jesus Christ, every day is Thanksgiving. But it takes work, it takes effort to be grateful. Turn in your Bible with me, if you will, to 2 Timothy. We want to touch on the, the last days for just a second because I believe that we're living more last days than they were when Paul wrote this, don't you? Amen. And I'm not going to pick a date because if you pick a date, you're wrong. But I do believe this, that he's closer to his return than ever. And we want to be people that we're ready. And gratitude is a weapon that gets us ready. Now watch, don't be deceived like the children of Israel. The children of Israel thought that the weapons that they had were the same weapons as the Romans. Swords and spears and arrows and chariots. But the weapons for believers were in the upside down kingdom. Jesus displayed the weapon of humility, the weapon of gratitude, the weapon of service, the weapon of care, because he lived the opposite. He didn't come to fix Roman society. He came to establish the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. 2 Timothy chapter 3. You ready? But mark this. So if you're writing your Bible, there you go. There's permission. But mark this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Now look at this, verse five. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Have nothing to do with those people. Now see, a lot of times we think about church discipline and we think about separating from people and that's all correct too. But really, I think one of the things Paul said to Timothy, Timothy, don't be that person. Be grateful. Be loving, don't be rash, don't be conceited, don't be a lover of pleasure. See, it's important in this hour of the church, maybe like never before, that the bride of Christ look like her groom. Amen. That's who he's coming back for, you know that, right? Amen. Not people that have, uh, you know, prayed a prayer, thrown up some Hail Marys or whatever, coming back for a church without what? Without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. And we want to be part of that, and part of that is carrying gratitude. There's a gratefulness for those who carry a grateful heart. 
Paul went on to say to his friends in Colossae this, he said, for though I'm absent from you in the flesh, I'm with you in the spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the steadfastness of your faith. Therefore, as you've received Christ Jesus, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. Look at this last phrase. As you've been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. See, we want to abound in thanksgiving. We want our lifestyle to, res to reflect this attitude of gratitude. That we're thankful for what we've received. We're thankful for our life. We're thankful for the gospel. We're thankful to be born again. We're thankful to be breathing. You know, gratitude is the rent we pay for the air that we breathe. Come on, y'all. And we want to give those things to the Lord. We want to give those things to carry that attitude of gratitude. So today, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to work through the word thanks, T-H-A-N-K-S. So it's, it's six points, so you've got to think quickly, okay? And so if you're taking notes, you can just write down your paper, T-H-A-N-K-S. And I'm going to give you a phrase for each for why we should be grateful, for why we should carry gratitude, not just this month of November leading up to Big Thursday, but for our every day for our entire life. Are you ready? Because it's going to transform you. And it will transform your relationships. Number one, the first one is this T. T, we want to be grateful, carry thanksgiving because it's the trail into God's presence. Not my words, this is the words of the psalmist in Holy Scripture. Psalm 100 verse 4, you know it. Enter into his gates with? And into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. So I want to ask you a question. So if you enter into his gates with thanksgiving, then what do you enter into with grumbling and complaining? <clears throat> tick tock. Just think about that for a second. What do you enter into? If he inhabits the praise of our people, then who inhabits grumbling and complaining? Who inhabits the negative? Who inhabits filthiness and, and awful things coming out of our mouth? Why is it important here that the psalmist says gates? You know, the new Jerusalem's coming down from God in heaven. This is what it says about it in Revelation 21. It says, now there were 12 gates and they were 12 pearls, each gate made of a single pearl and the streets were of pure gold, <clears throat> transparent as glass. I don't know if you've thought about this, but does anyone in the room know how a pearl's made? Sure, right? It's an oyster, and in the oyster, sand or some other irritant is there, and the oyster covers the irritant with a lacquer-type substance that hardens and becomes a pearl. Now watch this, I want you to get this now. In earth, we're gonna give a praise that'll bring the presence of God like we'll never give in heaven. Because in heaven, there's no irritants. Don't touch your spouse and say there'll be no irritants in heaven. Come on now. <laughs> in other words, it's when I'm going through trial. It's when I'm going through difficulty. It's when I'm going through the irritations of life that I find the way to give thanksgiving and praise to God that it leads a trail into his presence. It carries me there that he inhabits my thanksgiving. He inhabits my praise. One theologian said, if the only prayer you ever pray to God is thank you, God, that might be sufficient past salvation. Amen? I remember we, we went to church when we were newlyweds, you know, back when 
women couldn't vote. Um, uh, and we had a sister in the church and when praise and worship would get good, she would pace back and forth. Sister Ruby, you remember this? She said, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I was like, you know, what's that all about Jesus? He was like, join in. So I'm, thank you, thank you. We thank him, amen. amen. Number two, the second thing is, is it honors life and relationships. Gratitude honors life and relationships. Listen, is there anything worse than hearing a, a, a celebrity or an athlete or a performer being ungrateful on television? Maybe you're behind them at a restaurant and you hear them being ungrateful. Maybe you hear your own children or your grandchildren or your neighbor, someone being ungrateful. What it does is it devalues the blessing of life. It devalues relationship. You see, when we begin to really comprehend what God has done for us, the fruit of that has to be thanksgiving, doesn't it? David the psalmist said this in Psalm 103. He said, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that was in me, bless his holy name. I will praise him. I will praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives my sins. He heals my diseases. He redeems me from death. He crowns me with life and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things, and my youth is renewed like eagles. Yeah, it makes you want to become Sister Ruby this morning. Thank you. <laughs> Now listen, maybe you're here today and you say, well, I'm just not emotional, I'm not vocal, that's not me, that's not all those things. Listen, listen, your thank you doesn't have to be loud, but it has to be vocal. Amen. Especially with other people because this, unexpressed gratitude is received as ingratitude. Well, God knows my heart, yeah, but he challenged you to use your mouth. And so we want to be people that we're giving gratitude. See, the gospel has transformed us. Like that last song we sang this morning. I don't know, maybe I'm the only one who remembers what it's like to carry that backpack of guilt and shame on my shoulders. Who remembers what it's like not to have peace and contentment and joy. And maybe you're here today and you say, well, I don't have peace, contentment, and joy. Could I say to you that this might be the day that you need to surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ? Now, I'm not saying you have to be perfect. I'm saying you've come into a relationship with the perfect one. Amen. And see, you understand that Christianity is not about earning. It's not about earning. It's about receiving. Amen. You see, slaves and hirelings, they earn, but sons and daughters, they inherit. And that's who we are. Amen. And you know this as parents in the room, those of you who are parents and grandparents, the one thing that you want to hear from your kids, your grandkids, when you bless them with good things, is just the, what we were taught by Barney the dinosaur, the magic words. Thank you. Please and thank you, amen? amen? It honors life and relationships. It's honoring. Paul says to the Colossians, he goes on in 3.15 and says, let peace control you. You've been called into peace by bringing you into one body. Be thankful. Amen. Hey, there's an epidemic and it's, it's not just in the church, but it's in the world, but it's, I think it's spreading to the church of people that are ungrateful for leaders and they complain and they grumble and they nitpick and, and pull down. Listen, and we think it's sport if it's a political leader of the opposite party, but I'm telling you, we've been called to be grateful. Amen. God says to Timothy that we should pray for our leaders, that we live godly and peaceable lives. Amen. And again, if you, don't like, if you don't like your leaders and you didn't vote, then vote, amen? But we have to be thankful. We're called to be thankful. Gratitude shifts environments. 
Number three, the third thing, the letter A is, Thanksgiving is always appropriate. How many of you, uh, a lot of times Beth and I, last weekend, last month alone, she was in Minnesota. We ministered in Alabama, Georgia, and Mississippi. So we were all over the place last month. And one thing that we had to do to every place was message them and say, what's the dress code? Because nobody wants to be inappropriately dressed. Am I the only one who ever says stupid things? <laughs> Let me say something to you. Thanksgiving is always appropriate to say. Amen. Words of gratitude are always appropriate. It eliminates confusion when you don't, knew, don't know what to say or do. Just say thank you. See, when we're abounding in thanksgiving, we're meeting the moment, we're meeting needs in people, we're meeting our own needs and we don't even realize it. And this, we're obeying God. First Thessalonians 5.18, Jenny's got it up on the magic screen. Be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Now listen, watch. It doesn't say to be thankful for the flat tire, it says be thankful in the flat tire. No one likes trouble, but can I tell you a secret out of James chapter one? James chapter one, verse two, he says, count it all joy when you endure diverse tribulations. Here's what it means is that when you go difficult things, you gotta see it as an upgrade. Come on, somebody. He's maturing you, he's making you perfect. He's taking what the devil meant for evil and he's turning it for your good. God's not working in things, but God's working through all things, amen? But you've got to believe that, and how you believe it is expressing words of gratitude, words of thanksgiving. I love this in the miracle of the loaves, Mark chapter 8. Jesus told all the people to sit down. Then he took the seven loaves. He thanked God for them. Everybody say, thank God for them. He broke them into pieces. He gave them to disciples who distributed the bread to the crowd. Here's what gratitude does. Gratitude has what you have and makes it enough. You'll never multiply with grumbling and complaining. You'll never multiply with fear. You'll never multiply with worry. You multiply with thanksgiving. Amen. Jesus took the bread, he, multi he gave thanks for it, and he began to break it. So what, what, what then? Let's keep going. Thanksgiving is the pathway to God's presence. It honors life and relationships. It's always appropriate. The fourth was this end, you ready? <laughs> It nullifies worry and negativity. Hey, if there was ever anyone that could be negative in this book, it was Paul, right? And I've already quoted him out of Colossians and out of 1 Thessalonians. But you know his resume, right? From 2 Corinthians, he was shipwrecked, beaten, stoned, left for dead a couple times. I mean, you know, just a normal day at the office down at IBM, right? But he carried thanksgiving in all those things. Matter of fact, he instructs us how to have peace is through thanksgiving. Amen. Philippians chapter four, are you there? Remember Philippi is where he and Silas were beaten and put in the lower prison. So he knows what he's talking about. He's not making this up, Acts chapter 16. But in Philippians four, be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplications. How, how? With, th everybody say with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. And the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Amen. Neurologists have proven that anxiety and gratitude cannot exist in the mind at the same time. 
Let me, look at me, friends. Some of you in this room, you're struggling. You're struggling with worry. You're struggling with fear. You're struggling with anxiety. And you've looked for solutions and you haven't been able to find one. Could I suggest to you that the scripture says your solution might very well be thanksgiving and prayer. Amen. That rather than carrying the weight of the world, why don't you cast it on the one who created the world? And we do that by thanking him that he's transforming us, he's molding us, he's changing us, he's making us into a person in his image as we follow him. Amen. You see, many of you in this room, you've got promises, but the pathway to your promise is often a process through both the pit and the prison. Is Joseph in the room this morning? And see, you've got to understand that because if you don't, you'll wait for there to give thanks. I'm going to tell you, there will never come until you begin to give thanks. There will never come until you begin to give thanks. I was a hotshot youth pastor. I know you find that hard to believe. I was a hotshot youth pastor, Beth and I were, and we got invitations to speak at camps and conferences all over the place. And matter of fact, that's how we first started ministering to people from Grace Tab. And we had driven our youth group, uh, a team from Florida, to, we were driving to a big camp up in Kentucky. And our 24-year-old now, this is how long it was, was a baby. B-A-B-Y, baby. And he loved van rides. He screamed his head off from Florida six hours to Chattanooga, Tennessee, basically. And when we got there, we started to unload the van and the pastor was in the parking lot, a friend of mine, someone I'd known, a mentor type friend. And he said, how's it going, Tiger? I said, well, I'll be better when he quits crying all the time. He said, stop, stop, stop. He said, Eddie, when never comes. He said, don't be that person. He said, don't be that person who says, I'll be glad when we have kids. I'll be glad when they sleep in their own bed. I'll be glad when they can walk. I'll be glad when they can talk. I'll be glad when they quit walking and talking. I'll be glad when they start school. I'll be glad when they graduate. I'll be glad when they get married. I'll be glad when they move out. I'll be, I'll be. He said, that will never come. You've got to develop an attitude of thanksgiving today. <clears throat> thanksgiving comes from our relationship with God, not from our circumstances. That's why it's a weapon. It's a weapon. It might not change your circumstances, but it'll change you. We have to develop this attitude because it's the path into God's presence. It's the key to life and relationships. It brings honor. It's always appropriate. It nullifies worry and negativity. Here's the, the next to the last one. Okay, you ready? It kills discouragement. There's an epidemic of discouragement in our land. Matter of fact, the writer of Proverbs, King Solomon, put it this way. He said, hope deferred, Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when desire comes, it's a tree of life. You see, we have to maintain an attitude of gratitude because it will kill discouragement and refuel hope. It kills discouragement. Henry Jacobson said, we praise God even when we don't understand what he's doing. Amen. You see, we have the promises of God even when we can't see his hand, we can trust his heart because we have his promises. When you don't know what he's doing, you know his character because you've got the Bible. Amen? Amen? And he is good. And he promised to turn all things. Everybody say all things. Amen. For your good, Romans 8, 28. For his glory and for your good. So that would kill.
kill that discouragement. It would, we could say to ourselves like the psalmist does, why so downcast, oh my soul? Put your trust in God and release thanksgiving to him. Paul says this to Timothy 1.12. He says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me the strength to do his work and he's considered me trustworthy and appointed me to serve him. My friends, have you been chosen trustworthy? You see, here's the truth of the matter. We want to learn to trust God, but we also want God to learn to trust us. And part of how we do that is by developing a lifestyle of thanksgiving. Everybody say this when we say thank you. you. That didn't kill anyone, did it? (laughs) Ask the final one is this. It's the substitute for evil speech. See, the Hebrews, Hebrews are funny language. It's a very... um, concrete language whereas we have abstract ideas even in Greek and in English and most of the modern languages Hebrew was very concrete and so when they when they thought about evil speech they didn't just use like one word like we would say maybe gossip they used the word El Lashon everybody say El Lashon and it covered this whole gambit and it didn't have to be a lie to be evil you know when you talk about things that you're neither part of the problem or part of the solution that's evil well, four of us. When you talk about things that you don't have any of your business, that's evil. And see, listen, getting thanksgiving out of our mouth instead of just running on about things we don't have any business talking about would transform that evil speech. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19 says, those who talk too much lead to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. See, we've got to let our speech be seasoned with thanksgiving. I told you, I talk a lot, okay? I'm talking to me right now. Y'all just happen to be in the way. And what I want to say to me is, Eddie, when you don't know what to say, just say thank you to the person. Just say thank you to the Lord or don't say anything. Americans, we're so mouthy. We think that if there's a blank space in the conversation, we have to fill it. What if instead we were just sitting there? Beth and I were friends with an old evangelist. My goodness, he would make us so nervous. We would go out to dinner or something. We'd be sitting there and all of a sudden he would just lift his hands. Thank you, Father. Real deep voice. Thank you, Father. I'd open my eyes, kind of squint. <laughs> you know, you don't know what to do. You're there eating nachos and, you know. <laughs> but he understood this principle, didn't he? He was more concerned about the atmosphere of heaven than the traffic jam coming out of people's mouths. And we should be too. See, Thanksgiving opens us up to the presence, the power, the peace, the joy, the fruitfulness of heaven instead of living in the low-level sewer talk of most people. Paul puts it this way to the Ephesians, and I love it in the message paraphrase. He said, though some tongues just love the taste of gossip, Christians have better use for language than that. Don't talk dirty or silly. That kind of talk doesn't fit our style. Look at this last phrase in the message. Thanksgiving is our dialect. I want to just release over you, because most Americans, we don't speak two languages. Most Americans, we speak English. But can I just deputize you this morning? Now, in the name of Jesus, you speak English, some of you a lot better than this Georgian, and you're deputized to speak Thanksgiving. Amen? Amen. It's your new dialect. 
find ways to bring thanksgiving into conversations. Proverbs goes on to say that gossip's like a tasty morsel that goes down into our souls. So when you're tempted to go tasty, go thanksgiving instead, Amen? amen? It transforms things. So this November and every day, let's be thankful to the Lord. Let's thank him. Let's honor the people in our lives. Let's thank them for who they are, for what they bring to our lives. Let's, let's be grateful for, if any of, you, any of you ever lived in a town or community that was dying, you know, factories closed, unemployment, then every time you're in a traffic jam here at the villages, hallelujah, thank you, Lord, for economic growth, amen? Hey, listen, what's the opposite of it? Come on, come on, come on. Can we look at life through a positive lens for once? See, again, we've been so trained by those letters, you know, ABC, NBC, CBS, FOX, CNN, to be negative. But instead, I want to let this book train me to be thankful. Amen? And you do too. It's not easy, but it's simple. But it takes repetition. It takes accountability. What if as spouses in this room and mentors and friends in this room, we were to start holding each other accountable? Maybe you could come up with a code word like T6. Somebody's being negative, you say, T6, baby. The word thanks has six letters in it, in case you didn't know. Let me give a couple discipleship applications that'll carry us, then we'll go to communion together. Here's the first application, you ready? Why don't you daily make a list of two or three things that you're thankful for? In your prayer journal, maybe you don't have a prayer journal, maybe you need to start one. When you read your Bible every day, maybe you don't read your Bible, maybe you should start reading your Bible every day. But part of the way that you can enter in and begin to have a lasting prayer time is by starting in Thanksgiving. Maybe read a chapter, a verse of scripture, and when you're finished with the scripture, just get your little pen out, Open your notebook and write down, Father, I am thankful for electricity. How many of you, uh, our brother and sister from Juarez, Mexico, I am thankful for indoor plumbing. You see? And this isn't to beat us up because we're Americans. This is to refocus us to be thankful we're Americans. Amen. Second thing is this, and this is a little turn of words, you ready? When you're with people or about to meet with people, pause and then thank before you speak. Now obviously I'm implying think and thank before you speak. Don't just let it run off with a mind of its own. Take every thought captive and harness that thing and use thanksgiving to be the introduction to conversations. Amen? Amen. Just receive this prayer before we move over to Holy Communion. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Lord, we're thankful that you're training us to follow you. We're thankful that you're moving in our lives. We're thankful for the opportunity, God, to have lived in a land of abundance, that we've earned good livings and retired, and we're able to live here, God, and you're drawing people. You're drawing America to the villages so that revival will break out here. 
And Lord, that we're people that carry the gospel. We're thankful that you change lives. We're thankful for freedom. We're thankful, oh God, that you're bringing people not just political freedom, but you're bringing them, God, spiritual freedom. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And Lord, that you're calling us to be a people that carry thanksgiving. And God, we want to pause right now before we move into communion and thank you for Pastor Gary and Pastor Pam. God, we thank you for their labors, for their abundance of sacrifices that they made to plant this house, Lord. That when they and the early planters saw a cow pasture, you saw a church. And they said yes. And so we bless them on this sabbatical. Would you fill them up? Would you speak to them? Would you heal every hurt? Would you restore their soul? We believe you to do that. We're so grateful. We thank you. God, we thank you for the leaders, the, the board of directors, the elders, the ministry leaders, God, small group leaders. God, every servant leader in this house that's stepping up to see your kingdom come and your will be done. Bless them. We're thankful for them. We thank you for their sacrifice, God. We thank you for the staff here, God, that serves. Lord, we thank you for Terry and the praise team. Lord, we thank you. God, we thank you for salvation. Thank you for saving us. Thank you, God, that when we owed a sin debt that we could not pay, that Jesus paid a debt he did not owe. And he offers us the free gift of salvation. Thank you. Maybe you're here today and you have never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. I'm not asking you if you're a member of a church or if you're a good person or if you've been to confirmation or if you've been baptized. I'm not asking you those things. I'm asking you, have you signed over the title deed of your life? Have you surrendered your way of life, your ability to choose good and evil to Jesus? who knew no sin but was made sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So if you're here today and you're not born again, would you simply put your hand up? I wanna pray for you. Today's the best day of your life. Today's the day to follow Jesus Christ. We're not gonna ask you to join this church today. We're not even asking you to be baptized or anything else. We're just saying, would you surrender to Jesus today? Yeah, everyone's head bowed, eye closed. I'm looking around. Father, thank you for the people in this room. Thank you that you are drawing this many people here and watching online. Someone's coming to Christ today. I thank you for the gospel. I thank you, Lord, that people are receiving you in Jesus' name. Now I want to invite you to a moment of communion, which is an an ancient symbol, it's an ancient sacrament of the church, which means it's a holy moment, that there's a grace released to us when we receive communion. I'm going to lead us in, in the thought of communion, then I'll tell you when to take the bread and the drink, because this is my first time leading you in communion. Hear the word of the Lord this morning from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Now I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. Now hear this, verse 24. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body which is broken for you. 
do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he took the cup after supper. This is the cup of the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink in remembrance of me. As often as you drink this, uh, eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Verse 29 says, For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment in himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you and many sleep. I want to, before we receive this morning, just encourage you as we've already invited people to know Christ, to settle it in your heart that you're born again. Simply yield to the Lord right now. Maybe you never have. Maybe he's dealing with you about a sin. Maybe he's dealing with you about a weight, a struggle. Maybe he's dealing with you about an attitude. Simply give that to him. Here's why, because I believe as we give thanks, you know, certain traditions in the body of Christ call this the Eucharist, the cup of thanksgiving. As we give thanks this morning, I believe he's gonna release healing in this room. I believe that bodies are gonna be healed, minds healed, attitudes healed. As a matter of fact, as soon as you receive prayer team or elders, however you do that here, as soon as you receive, would you come up and prepare to pray for people? And then if, if your faith is there as you receive, I want you to come up and let someone lay hands on you and pray and believe with you for physical, mental, emotional, or relational healing, amen? So I'm holding, this is the body of Christ that is broken for you. Let's be thankful and receive, amen. The blood of Jesus shed for the forgiveness of sins. Drink all of it and thank him for your freedom today in Jesus' name. Now, if you need healing in your body, healing in emotion, healing, healing in a relationship, don't wait, just come right up. We're not gonna drag this out. I just wanna simply, we're gonna pray the prayer of faith and one of the leaders is gonna lay hands on you. Anyone who needs healing in your body, if some of the leaders, elders, pastors, team would come up, yep. If that's you, would you just come stand right in front of one of the elders? Just come right up. The prophet Isaiah said, Apostle Peter confirmed it by his stripes you are healed. Simply lay hands on the person to declare over them with thanksgiving the healing of the Lord. Be made whole from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, right now in Jesus' name, we release a healing anointing. We thank you, Lord, that your word has been proclaimed. And where your word is, there's healing. Where your spirit is, there's healing. Receive your healing right now from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Body, mind, will, emotions, receive healing. Maybe you're in your seat right now. And you think, there's no way I'd go up there. But you sense the presence of the Lord coming on you. You can receive healing right there in your chair. Just receive.
Just receive Jesus as Lord. Now begin to thank him. All over this room, let's thank him with our mouths what he's doing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for healing. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for freedom. Thank you for deliverance. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for what you're doing. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's releasing his healing virtue right now. If you've been diagnosed with an uh, impossible disease, something they've said is terminal, that there's no hope, I declare today there's hope in Jesus Christ. There's hope in the name of the Lord. There's hope in the word of the Lord. There's hope in the blood of Jesus today. There's hope in his presence. The body of Christ is praying in this room right now for healing to be released, for wholeness to be released. We thank you, Lord, for wholeness and healing, restoration. Thank you, Lord, spirit, soul, body, relationship. You do all things well. You do all things well. We thank you, praise you, magnify you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, hallelujah, hallelujah. We praise you, Lord, thank you. We worship you, almighty God, King of kings and Lord of lords. God, you made the body, you can heal the body. You're healing emotions right now. You're healing emotions, you're healing hearts. You're healing relationships. There's someone that's got a real heavy burden for their, uh, I think it's grandson, it might be granddaughter, but a grandchild, and you're estranged from each other, and the Lord's gonna bring healing into that relationship. Claim that right now and thank him for it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you for your word, God. Thank you. Thank you for Grace Tabernacle. Thank you that you're doing a new thing here in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Would you stand on your feet? I'm going to ask Terry to lead us in this little chorus. While, while these finish praying before you're dismissed. Just an atmosphere. And, and then when we finish singing, if they're still praying, would you just quietly make your way to the foyer and let them keep receiving?
Friends, don't forget that the sponsorship table is right out these doors when you leave. If God's touched your heart and you'd like to sponsor a child in Juarez, Mexico for their education and to hear the gospel, we would love you to avail yourself of that opportunity. Please continue to pray for Pastor Gary and Pam. If you'd like to stop by our table, Beth and I will be there to greet you and, and to be with our resources. Now receive this benediction right out of the Word of God. You ready? The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. God bless you. You're dismissed. Have a great week.